and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This verse right there in Luke 22 is describing Jesus not long before he was taken away by a mob led by Judas, and Jesus Christ is praying to the Lord. And the Bible describes him praying with such energy and so fervently that he was sweating. And it uses a strange way of describing the strength with which he was praying. It says his sweat was like great drops of blood. The King James Bible uses the phrase, as it were. His sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now, I've heard a lot of people, including some preachers, who come right out and say, Jesus sweat blood right here. When he was praying, he was praying so hard, he sweat blood. Is that really what was happening here? Now, I'll come right out here at the beginning and say, I don't think that's what the Bible is telling us. It doesn't actually say that he was praying so hard that his sweat became blood. And if you look up what other people have said about this moment in Jesus Christ's life on this earth, there's a term called hematohydrosis. I think that's how it's pronounced, hematohydrosis, where it's a very rare medical condition where blood gets into the sweat glands of certain people of a very small group of people that have ever lived and blood will actually come out in their sweat. But again, even though that may be or seems to be a real medical condition, a rare one, I don't believe that's what the Bible is telling us is happening in Jesus Christ. Again, the phrase is as it were. And if you do any kind of very limited study on that phrase, it just means like, quote unquote, like. If you use that kind of phrase today in the 21st century, you're going to seem kind of pretentious. You're going to seem like you're just trying to speak in some kind of educated or scholarly way. But really, as a word, means, you know, if I could say it like that, this is what it is. His sweat was like blood, if I can say it like that. Now, actually, we don't actually know if that's what happened there with Jesus. Blood may have come out of his sweat or mingled with his sweat or what have you. But you don't know for sure. And I've heard, again, people speak and teach and preach on that passage, that verse, as if no, they're sure. That Jesus sweat blood in his prayer. Well, I'm not convinced. I'm not sure that that's what the Bible is telling us is going on here. Now, I'm somebody that I think I've described it in another message I'm, I did about, about hell. About it being hot outside and somebody describing it being hot as hell. And I was saying, hey, nothing is hot as hell was, my, was what I was thinking when this person said that. And that day was a very hot day that she said that phrase, hot as hell. And I was sweating that day. And as somebody who sweats a lot or sweats easily, I know what big drops of sweat look like when they're falling 
from your face or your body. And as somebody who's also had a few bad injuries, bleeding, I know what blood looks like, a lot of it, when it's dripping to the ground. And something about fluid, maybe tears are included here too, something about fluid when it comes from a person's body, something about the makeup of a human being, the way God made us, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. The the liquid that falls from us is thicker than water. You know, you've heard the phrase, blood is thicker than water. Well, so is sweat and so are tears. There's some salt and some other material in those liquids as they come out of us. And the drops are heavier than water. They're heavy. They're thick. And the way they fall is they they fall in similar ways. The way they fall is in a similar fashion. And I know when those drops hit the ground, when they plat on the dirt or whatever, they have a certain look and feel. And I think that's what the Bible is telling us here. When his sweat was falling, yes, it says that he was sweating because he had a ferocity in the way that he was praying to the Father in heaven. So the sweat was probably heavy, falling off of him. And the way it fell on the ground had an appearance or had a quality that could be, that would have reminded somebody if they had been around, of blood falling to the ground. But it wasn't actually blood. But that's just my opinion. We're just doing a Bible study here. We're just The Bible is amazing because you can really go through it and just pick it apart. And, and I've noticed that people who do talk about the Bible a lot don't actually read the Bible. They don't actually know the Bible, but they're talking about it more than anybody. Especially all these unbelievers, these lost people in the world. They feel like they know the Bible. They're like people who, I'm just picking a name out of thin air, an author out of thin air, like a Stephen King, who writes very big books, you know, and I've talked about liking horror movies and horror fiction when I was younger. And I remember reading some of Stephen King's books. There's no way that you could open a Stephen King book to, say, the middle of his thousand page or 500 page book or whatever. And know exactly what the book was about. There was just too much in it. Somebody like him. Like a Stephen King. He put a lot. He packed a lot into his stories. A lot of details. There's no way he could open it right to the middle. Pick a passage out or a sentence. And figure out everything that was going on in that book. And he's just a limited person. He's just a sinner currently on his way to hell. As far as we can tell. But how much more so with the Bible which is the word of God, the words of God that people try to pick out something versus passages, themes out of it and try to make sense out of it. They don't have faith. They're not reading it with faith. They don't have any love for the word of God and they don't believe it's the word of God. To them, it's just a book, but they're going in it and trying to pick it apart. But to us, those of us who have faith, and who believe what it says, once you start picking it apart like that, God allows you to really read between the lines and he'll really open it up to you. That's one reason I mock the people who do that. 
they're lost and they're trying to do uh, say a book review of a book that they haven't even really read or that they've read already deciding that they don't like the author but that's all we're doing here is just picking out things that have interested me as I do my personal Bible study and my family Bible study. And this is what has hit me lately. This issue of sweat coming from Jesus's energetic prayer. And that's an interesting phrase there, as it were, there in Luke 22, verse 44. As I said, I had a hard time understanding why a lot of people, a lot of even preachers and pastors want to believe that Jesus was actually sweating blood. I'm looking at something, a website called the NCBI. I guess it's the National Institute of Health.gov. And they go out right out and say Jesus Christ experienced hematohydrosis while praying in a garden before his crucifixion. And a lot of people will say, well, this is in the book of Luke. Luke was a physician. So Luke knew what this was. Luke knew this condition and he described it. Luke may have been a doctor, but he used the phrase as it were. He didn't say his sweat was mixed with blood. He didn't say his sweat was blood. Why did he use that phrase? It seems that as it were, it's just a way of saying something figurative not literal as it were if i can put it like that if it could be said like that as it might be said but maybe it's not literal are we going too deep into this no i don't think we're going too deep because this is the bible you really can't go too deep into the bible you're really never going to have it figured out anybody that has anything figured out, but especially the Bible, I'm always suspicious of that person. Anybody who acts like he has it figured out, I already know he doesn't have it figured out. You know, he's praying as hard right here, Jesus is, because he knows what's about to happen. He knows the cross is before him, and he's knows what has to be done, and he's asking the Father if there's any other way. But this is your will, so we're going to go through this. I'm going to go through this. Remember, he's 100% man and 100% God. And a part of him that's man, there's a hesitation there. And right there it says, there's a, an angel appeared unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Never really hear anybody talk about that verse or that passage. They talk about the sweating the blood. Talk about Father... If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. But right between those verses, those two verses is, and there appeared an angel unto heaven from, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Well, we just wanted to look at that verse about the blood and the sweat and the tears. I'm sure there were tears there too, because it says being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. I'm sure there were tears. Blood, sweat, and tears. I don't think any of us have ever prayed that hard. I remember one time when I did pray so much that I did feel beads of sweat. But it was nothing like this. 
No way. How could it be? But I would like to experience that again. You'll notice that a lot of Bible versions, and as I said, I call it King James Bible, the Bible, and NIV, NKJV, and ESV, and everything else, I call them versions. They all have a footnote, or many of them have a footnote there in Luke 22, 44. Quote, many early manuscripts do not have verses 43 and 44, where the angel appears, strengthening him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. Those verses are missing in a lot of versions. Now, why would they be missing? But that's easy. The devil doesn't want you to pray with earnestness. And he doesn't want you to think that you can have help from heaven. But you can ask heaven for help. And you can ask the Lord for more effective prayer.